Hello everyone and welcome to another wonderful live session with the one and only Eugene Locke, which is going to teach us today in episode number 24, Mindset Shifts to Think Forward about EFT, about how to conquer overwhelm in business and so much more. Before we start this great talk, I want you to hear a few words about Eugene. He is going to do the main talk, but I want you to be amazed of how many achievements he has had over the years. Eugene is a strategic advisor for excellence and the creator of Forward Thinking Digital. He believes that the quality of your communication defines the quality of your life. I love it and I can completely relate to this uh, motto. After 15 years of field testing and implementing cutting edge marketing and communication tools in four different languages, English, Russian, Thai, and Latvian, Eugene has developed a high impact communication system to deliver direct and measurable results. Whether it is direct response marketing, sales calls, team meetings, or that crucial conversation that is keeping you awake at night, Eugene has created this method to help you from A to Z with everything that you need. Welcome, Eugene. It's wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you, Roxana. It's wonderful to be your guest and uh, have this uh, conversation. Thank you. Eugene, please start by sharing with us how your journey has begun with your business and your mission. Well, thank you for the question. Uh, I'll try to be as, uh, as short as possible. That would be a, a very long story. Uh, what happened, it started since the, since the high school when I had an opportunity to enter the University of United Kingdom uh, to study uh, for free the job that I, for the job that I would just couldn't even dream. That was a uh, music technology. And I wanted to become a uh, music producer. Uh, so I had to enter uh, university, pass the grades and everything's necessary. And uh, when I, uh, when we arrived to UK, now this is, was uh, 2005. So there was not much information on the internet. Just basically you call, you email, um, you know, for the general details, but there is no advice. You can't just search it on the internet and what it's like to be living abroad. Um, so we, uh, we landed in the United Kingdom, and what I realized immediately, I just don't understand people around me. The accent, the language, the dialect was so different from what we were taught that it was extremely difficult to understand majority of people. The only person that I under could understood clearly was my professor, which was good for me because then I could actually study and do the, the homework not to fail. Uh, so I had to bury myself in library to start reading and, and kind of learning the ropes. Uh, and, you know, I, li I like fantasy. I like science fiction. So I had to take science fiction books and start reading, not the children's story, but, you know, the, the, from the very top, uh, philosophy, sci-fi, and so on, so forth. So uh, after a few years, um, I was sort of challenging myself to find a new job. And the sales job 
came to um, as opportunity to work in sales. And this is this is not you know the kind of sales where you sit in the office. This is a door to door sales in United Kingdom. Two years ago, I, I didn't speak too well of an English. Selling uh, selling energy services to uh, UK customers, basically. So I applied for the job. That was the, the best opportunity. I was still a student. I could work part-time sales. I, you know, what is it? Was it difficult to talk to people? That's what I'm doing anyway, learning how to do anyway. So um, long story short, I, uh, you know, I got promotion and I start mentoring other people that were applying for the job and uh, help manage the team of six, seven other sales people um, to basically do the cold calling. The cold calling, just so um, maybe people have better understanding, is the job where you have to knock 100 to 200 doors and 30% of them will tell you to move away at the faster pace. <laughs> so uh, it's a lot of rejection. Now, what it does to you, it's first few weeks, it breaks you, maybe a month. But if you can pull through this time, rejection becomes something that you become desynthesized to. And that have a certain influence on how you behave during your, you know, outside of the job time. Now, I was working part-time, so three to four days, practicing sales skills. And during uh, my free time, I would be practicing uh, in social interactions. So I would go to the bars, to the pubs, and try to meet new people. And so if we, if we kind of wrap it around the fears, the reason I tried so hard to study communication skills was the fear of opposite sex. Like there was this deeply ingrained fear of talking about romantic stuff like compliments and being, you know, being that side of yourself. Um, at that time, I tried a lot of self-development techniques and uh, a lot of um, kind of cutting edge tools. And one of the tools that really stuck with me was this weird thing, it's called tapping. So what you do, you basically use the acupressure point system from uh, Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine. And instead of pressure, instead of needles, you stimulate it just by the gentle touch. Now, back then in 2007, eight, there was not much information about it. It was just a weird thing that you do. You like you tap on your face and it does something to you. What it did for me, it, it made me yawn and cry. Just tears would just flow. Not that kind of a teary um, tears, but it was just release, some sort of a release happening. Um, and then I noticed it just radically changes your state, emotional state. So when you feel like worry about something, or for example, you would, you know, you would, if you want to go to gym, you know, sometimes it's like, you don't, you don't feel it. So you have this little move in your mind. It's like, oh, you're in the gym trying to lift weights. And then you're like, ah, that's, I just don't feel like it right now. So when you, when I applied tapping on this kind of scenarios, as, as, as soon as I would become aware of it, it did something, it removed this picture completely. And then you could just do it without any inner resistance. There is no friction there. There is no doubt or uncertainty. And uh, I, there was not, no, not much explanation about this that I could find, uh, uh, but there were, there were like sort of a woo-woo kind of approaches to this. Um, and I just didn't pay much attention. It just did something to me. So long story short, again, try to compact it more. Uh, when, I, when I felt like 
this job has nothing more to teach me. And the promotion was out of question because of uh, upper management changes and it would just take me another few years. The opportunity, the opportunity presented itself to move to Thailand and start and start uh, start my own business. So um, my my wife, a girlfriend back then, uh, we met in in UK, and she kind of ran this idea by, oh, maybe we could open a pharmacy shop. So I took the opportunity on, sold everything I had in UK, and just dived right into Thailand. Here I am again in the environment where I don't understand people. Uh, completely different culture. I haven't been in Thailand, I haven't been in Asia at all. So the world here is completely different too. It's like upside down. The cultural norms, the cultural, uh, you know, the behavior of people and being fully immersed in this, it does something to you too. Now, when, when I would use tapping, I would release certain resistance to some of the like, overwhelm and anxiety around me that's happening because again uh this of like square kilometer you know and from from coming from the uh, country that's very quiet peaceful and then uk is not so peaceful you know not so not so busy but still but here it's completely overwhelming um and so that led me to develop a communication system slowly bit by bit since I was studying NLP, I know Roxana, you are, uh, you know, you're keen in NLP. I was studying uh, different modalities and to, to sort of categorize and, and put it into the small system that would yield big results. So happened to, um, uh, to be that year ago, uh, I entered negotiation practice community, which was practicing communication tools based on the uh, system that was developed by FBI. And uh, Chris Foss, the professor and uh, uh, lead hostage negotiator, international hostage negotiator. Uh, so that system is based on FBI. And we, we used to practice this communication tools on each other and how we're being perceived. So in this community, after some time, the, the head uh, of the community a lot, uh, he asked me, why don't you make your own sessions? You know, you seem to have interesting ideas. So since then, about a year, I've been teaching hundreds of international negotiators on how to take control of emotions, how to become emotionally flexible, and how to use communication tools to communicate in any scenario. There is actually no difference between scenarios. It is how much in emotional intensity or resistance to your experience at any given moment. Uh, and this is, this is where it's at right now. So we actually teaching for free uh, people every Thursday at 10, at 10 p.m. GMT plus seven, how to do negotiation, how to approach sales calls, how to take control of the emotional dynamic, how to expand your emotional intelligence, uh, and you get to practice it through role plays. So what it does, you get to get a feedback on your communication skills. And uh, this kind of feedback, I believe, is truly invaluable. No one in your day-to-day you know, -day life would offer you unbiased advice, nor you will, you will ask them because it's, it is weird. It's awkward. Like you would not, you would not probably do that. Um, so 
So yeah, I mean, Roxana, please take it away. I'm, I'm sure I, you know, unpacked quite a lot of things here. <laughs> Maybe a bit uh, overwhelming too. <laughs> I love it. You have such a great story and I would love it if you could share with us how has this two times uh, disruption from uh, your well-known environment going to UK, a very completely um, different country than coming to Thailand. Again, a very completely different place. How would you say that this has shaped you into the person that you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it is shaping me. It is, it is not a stopping process. It's something that, just like with, with meditation, for example, uh, you try it once, maybe for five minutes, and it's like, it's just not comfortable. But they say it's good. Like, I got to try it. But maybe next time it's going to be six minutes, seven minutes. And you, you, you keep developing this. But it's not only the depth of it. It is how it transferred to your day-to-day -day life. How, how aware you become of your behaviors, of your patterns, of your triggers, what's triggering you, what makes you feel this or that way. And more importantly, what can you do about it consciously? Does it take a couple of deep, slow breaths? Does it take a um, certain cognitive reframing? Does it take a tapping? Does it take some other modality that would help you manage the emotional states? And this is something that I'm practicing as we speak. And uh, how did it shape me? Um, you know, it's the problem with, with explaining it, I would be probably fantasizing because the problem with when you're involved in this life-changing practices, and this is well-documented, it's called apex effect. It is when uh, scientifically validated studies, when they were conducting on the cravings, they would invite uh, you know, the, I think that the study was like 20, 30 people, I might be mistaken. And, uh, you know, they've done, uh, gone through proper study methods. And then the follow-up came after three, six and 12 months. So they've done, they were doing tapping, just a few sessions, one hour, two hours of tapping. And after 12 months, the interesting thing happened. The doctors calling uh, the patients and patients saying, well, I don't remember having any cravings. I think they were testing for chocolate craving. So it was documented. They were doing the survey. Everything was right there. And the patients would just say, I, I, I cannot say it was, I, you know, have I had chocolate cravings? Or I can attribute it to some tapping, weird tapping exercise. So when, when, when you ask me, how did it change me? It's hard to relate because you just don't remember. Our memory is tightly connected to our emotional dynamic. It's like a snapshot. It's a snapshot or a signature. With this EFT or tapping, what you can do for your fears, you can actually rewire your nervous system to how you respond to fear. So you could actually rewire fear into curiosity. Just like you can rewire anxiety into excitement. You probably heard this this trick. Maybe your audience uh, uh, will appreciate it if you if you uh, if you're not aware of this. Is um, for the professional athletes. They were doing this experiment with reframing. When of course, when you ask an athlete, you know, how do you feel before this this performance? And they would, you know, I, I feel nervous. So the experiment was 
you know, you're not nervous, you are excited. So that's, that's something to shift the switch in your mind and you're starting seeing, having different perspective. So the same could be said for fear. You could actually rewire your response to fear from fear into curiosity. Beautiful. And yes, since you know that I am specialized in fear in business, I am always fascinated how easy it is when you decide to make the shift to simply look at fear or a negative emotion from a whole new perspective. And learning from our emotions, I believe that truly helps us grow so much more with every single lesson and evolve to some mental heights that we could not even imagine. And I wanted to ask you, Eugene, how do you see potential? Is it something that is limitless or can we truly tap into it by becoming the best versions of ourselves? There's so much talk about this that uh, it has almost become a paradigm. How do you see potential? Perfect, love this question, Roxana. So we have to first understand and be very clear, what do you mean by potential? How do you, Roxana, define potential? I would see it as um, excellence in our mindset, doing the very best in every single moment. To me, it would maybe mean that since I am doing my very best right now in this very moment, if I could have done more, I would have done more. If I could do more, I would obviously do more. It means that I am in this full, strong mental state that allows me to be the best version of myself. However, next time, if I ask myself, how can I do this better next time I do this, it'll be so much better. I see it as being both anchored in the present moment with the hint and the thought of looking into the future and knowing that next time it's better. However, this it's better. It's not as a regret. Oh, I could have done it uh, in a different, better way. It's with excitement that, okay, I'm going through this experience. I'm learning. I'm doing my best now. But in the future, I'm going to, to do it better. So in a way, I see potential as something that we cannot reach because there's always going to be a better next time. What do you think? Beautifully put, Roxana. So notice what's the most common theme here. You say word I, me, myself. When you say I, me, myself, you're pointing to something. What is it that you're pointing at, Roxana? That's a very good question. Pointing at achieving mental satisfaction. This is for me a very strong motivator. Okay. Yeah. So you see, uh, when you say I want to achieve something, you believe that you don't have it yet. You're looking for external clues that will tell you 
that now I achieved this. It could be a certain number in your bank account. It could be a medal on the, on the door. It could be certificate. It could be anything external. At that moment, when you have it, for a moment, you say, I achieved this. I, something that you're pointing, myself, me, achieved this. Therefore, I permit myself to expand, to grow, to feel happy, to be in ecstasy for a split second. As soon as you have it, as soon as you have it, you start questioning it. The more you question something, the more doubt you, you put here. The more doubt there is, the less you feel expansive, the less you feel growth, the less, the less potential you can exert, the less energy you have. Because doubt is a constriction. It's not an expansion. So doubt, uncertainty, and fears, this, these three elements is something that's actually killing us on the grand scale because we're living in chronic stress. Now, not many people understand what chronic stress is. If you don't remember a day where you weren't angry, upset, saddened, um, feel even slight sense of you know, certain hatred or discomfort, you probably are in chronic stress. And consciously working on these patterns that will lead you to growth and potential and removing everything that stops you, that is the only limit that you're setting for yourself, should set for yourself. It is not the growth. The growth is infinite, just like love is infinite. It is the fear that stops us, the survival mechanism that says there might be a cyber-toothed tiger behind the fauna. There might be a financial bankruptcy. What if my you know, husband, wife doubt me, or maybe they you know cheating on me, or maybe you know, there is this certain other element that brings discomfort. So the more you dismantle these processes, the more, the less I you have, the more growth you exert. Now, you're probably familiar uh, with the uh, uh, concept of flow states. Now, flow states, just quickly, is the optimal state of, of being. It's when everything clicks. Whatever task you engaged in, you just totally zoned in, and it just happens. There is no second thought. You might stop for a second and say, well, how? it's like you're zooming out to have a better perspective, and then you're zooming in again, and it just flows. These states of mind is the, the, the peak state performance, the peak growth. Um, so this is what you should be striving for. Less I and more action, more action that leads you to fulfillment, not happiness, fulfillment. Beautiful. So, Please continue. Uh, I think I think that would be the end of the thought for now, Alexander. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for sharing this. And indeed, working with the ego is um, a very interesting um, task and action that I have to work on every single day. It both challenges me and it does give me the fulfillment to see that I'm each day much more loving and sympathetic and understanding to people's needs because I did have this uh, 
pretty challenging time, maybe 10 years ago, when um, everything that I would do with every single step, I would only need to have and feel all the benefits for myself 100%. And yes, this is indeed debatable since there are many fine lines into feeling arrogant and uh, with a strong ego, but then also nurturing who you are, attending your needs. And by the way, as we were talking a bit about uh, ego, as I mentioned it, how do you see fear? How would you say that your journey with fear has transformed through the years and especially that you got to be such an international citizen. <laughs> yes, citizen of the world, I think is the official term. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the question again. Um, relationship with fear. Fear is a protection mechanism. So the question is, what are you protecting yourself from? What kind of harm do you expect out there? Because your perception is your power. And, you know, studies, scientific studies show us, and I mean, we all experience this, that when you believe something strongly, it it's just tend to happen. You can call it uh, law of attraction. You can call it uh, many other things. Well, what we resist persists is another variation of, of this um, perspective. So fear as a protection First of all, we, we, we collect a lot of fear, disturbances, anxieties in childhood. It's unavoidable. You interact with environments and you have certain sensations, certain experiences that are ingrained and inter in, interconnected with your nervous system. And it literally is a snapshot. It, it does this jolt of electricity passes through in a specific way and through specific channels, and it becomes a snapshot. You have you might have a visual representation, you might have some sounds, you might have a touch, you might have smell, and it have a snapshot. It has a snapshot in your nervous system. So when you realize what sort of things that makes you feel afraid or anxious, or makes you feel insecure, uh, doubt, it is kind of the same thing. It's a fear. So if you if you really like break it down very simplistically, there are only two emotions really. There is love and fear and what is not fear is love how do you change relationship with that Roxana? i mean it is something that you practice day to day it is something that you tune in and tune out of as you face certain challenges around you you know as you diving deeper into understanding where are you coming from who is this person that's saying what was where's this voice coming from where is this belief coming you know from who taught me that and you're able to consciously interact with your nervous system that's what tapping does you're literally stimulating your nervous system endpoints and you releasing tension from your nervous system scientifically proven um, it sends your nervous system sends the calming signal to amygdala Amygdala is your fire hose of, uh, you know, or fire alarm. As soon as it, you, you perceive some certain stressor, it fires the alarm and you, and you get the, the um, influx of cortisol, adrenaline, and other uh, stress hormones. So you're able to influence the nervous system and uh, 
dive into this at the, at the deeper level, your relationship with anything. So in that sense, you're becoming a creator. How would you like to feel in this situation? Do you need to be uh, pissed off at someone who cut you, you know, in the traffic? Or you could just let it go and feel in control of your inner state. Um, this is something that I think we should all be striving for if you're talking about mindset, mindfulness, uh, even spirituality, right? You know, like they say, there is mind, body, and spirit. I think we can replace spirit simplistically with nervous system. So there is mind, body, and nervous system, the, the thing that connects it. So somehow Chinese figured out that, that there is a nervous system health and, and you know, using tapping and other um, psychosensory techniques, you're actually able to uh, exercise your nervous system consciously, just like you go to gym, you you take the heavy thing, it's stressful, you're doing it. So the same as nervous system, you can remember something really stressful, you feel tension, and then you exercise the release. Loving the analogy, and also it's wonderful that you simplify things, that you simplify emotions, because since you work with business people that are overwhelmed, they are obviously in so much mental pain, and they may have chronic stress combined with tens of other fears and limiting beliefs, and EFT is such a terrific and such a simple tool if you get to the basis of it, getting in touch with your mental system, with your nervous system, working it out, loving this analogy. I wanted to ask you, how does someone that is listening to us or watching us on YouTube, how can they maybe start working with conquering their overwhelm, because this is something that I know that I have had and up until a few months ago, until I decided to, okay, let me be the observer. Let me take a step back and see how I can fix all of the movements happening in my business life, because I got to a point with a small baby <laughs> climbing everything. I got to feel very, very tired when I would wake up. And that was the alarm system that I needed. What would you advise someone about overwhelm? How to conquer it in a rather easy way, if possible? Yeah, Roxanne, I mean, the, the, the tools are really, really simple, but it's really up to you. Are you going to wield or use the tools or not? Uh, I cannot no one can force you to use the tools. You see what I mean? So the simplicity of it, that's what makes people try something or, or not try something. Now, tapping or EFT is one of the best ways to deal with stress. You're going to look, look stupid doing this. You're going to feel stupid doing this. It's silly. Like you, you're just tapping on your face, right? So once you tap even through that, like I feel stupid, and I'll show you points in, in, in a moment how to do it. You have to realize that we all are living in chronic stress. Now, when you're asking yourself, am I stressed? And you're saying, I'm not stressed. That means you're stressed. I mean, if, if someone's saying, are you stressed? And you're saying, let me think about it. Not, yeah, you're not stressed. So what you can do basically is uh, engaged in the, in the simple process, uh, emotional freedom techniques, 
there's tons of information online, tons of uh, uh, tapping videos. So if you like my approach, uh, you know, you could, you could uh, check my YouTube channel. I have a few videos. What you do is you start with the uh, karate chop point side of the hand. You take fingers, either, either side of the body is fine. The points go symmetri symmetrically, so it's mirrored in the body. So it doesn't matter which hand you do it with. You just gently stop tapping here. And really, you don't have to even say something. You just have to tune into your body. But we do say some words to focus on certain things. So it helps us to concentrate. And what we do, we say, even though I'm stressed, I love and accept myself anyway. So you repeat this three times and just let it rattle inside of you. Just feel how it feels by saying this. It might be awkward. Either way, whatever's happening inside of you, it's absolutely fine. What you do then, then uh, you go through the uh, face, facial point. So it starts at the beginning of the eyebrow here. So just gentle tap either side of the face is fine. So then it goes to the beginning of the eyebrow or the side of the eye, then under the eye, right where the bone is under the nose, so the chin point, collarbone point, you can just take hand flat, and the under the brow line. Last point is on top of the head. Now, this is it. This is the, the basic recipe. Uh, you just go in circle. That was round one. Uh, what we do, we, uh, you know, try to stop tapping, take a deep breath, and just notice what's happening. Sometimes just one round is enough to completely remove anxiety. Now, how do you measure anxiety is extremely important too. And this is a separate exercise in itself, but we always integrate it in the approach, uh, in the tapping approach. We always ask ourselves on the scale from zero to 10, 10 being maximum level of stress, discomfort, distress, zero being completely calm and peaceful. Where do you find yourself? And just make a mental note or better yet, write it down uh, on a piece of paper on the computer and then just go through the round and then ask yourself again, you know, on the, on the intensity level from zero to 10, where do I find myself now? And uh, it, it takes normally two to three rounds to start seeing significant shifts in how you feel. Now, your mind might give you clues. You might start remembering certain, uh, you know, situations that happen at work or in your life, and you, you become sometimes you become even more stressed for a second. So then you just go through a few more rounds, and uh, you know, here you go. You could do it anywhere. Just take a break, go to the bathroom, wash your face, give yourself two minutes to just tune in, retune your nervous system. Just take a breath and come, come back inside, you know, work, home, dealing with family, dealing with kids, really anything. Like the easier you can make it for yourself, the better results you're going to see. It is so simple, as you say, that people would think it's silly. We as humans may want to overcomplicate things. I guess it's in our nature to maybe... Uh, give ourselves a bit of a struggle when we are already in a mental thing because I know I was around 10 years ago uh, freshly employed in a pretty nice company an, an American company here in Romania and I was very eager very 
um, happy to start and to work with foreign languages. And uh, after a few months, um, I had this aha moment when I couldn't see myself there anymore. And this mental pain began to <laughs> uh, be very strongly felt since I had a lot of fear of what other people would say if I quit my job after a few months, or what am I going to do if I don't have a steady paycheck? And it obviously got pretty um, unattractive, and I felt more and more um, anxiety as I began to doubt myself, to doubt my decision-making. And in a way, I felt that, okay, this is natural. If I don't have the courage to move on, I might as well start punishing me and make everything seem so harder than it seemed. And yeah, it got me to be burned out. And this is such an um, example of how not to do, meaning that as you say, it may be painful at first, but you need to cut the cord, even with a pretty simple technique as EFT is, and I have tried it. I love it. It's actually so soothing, as you say, to even do the tapping without saying anything. Just let your mind put in front all of the issues that you could not deal with back then when uh, something... Um, negative may have happened, something that you could not deal with. In terms of feeling that things may be complicated or not, or an emotion being negative or not, because since I became a trainer, I have uh, seen so many fine lines and that everything may have even 50 shades of gray and even more, there's no black and white. How would you say that you deal with fear in the most um, stressful times? If you have maybe a day that you are not uh, feeling that everything is as you would want to, maybe you, you still have these days uh, once in a while, how do you get to eliminate that unwanted feeling on the spot when you feel that strong um, tenseness. Yeah. Well, Roxana, first, first of all, you give me too much credit. <laughs> I'm a human being. I have bad days, good days. It's, uh, it is, um, well, what happens really, you have to understand that sometimes the emotional state happens because you're just physically sick. Like sickness is a stress, disease is a stress. It is stress on your nervous system, it's stress on your body. Your body is fighting off the whatever intrusion that's happening in your body. It requires more resources, different temperature. So it is a stressful situation for three of you, your nervous system, your body, and your mental state of mind. Now realize this, that emotions, emotion, the word emotion is energy in motion. So... You're talking about mood that is something that may change from you know every day or maybe even a few hours. But then there is a character traits, right? There is a, a behaviors, there is um, temperament. These are the long-term 
emotional balance that you keep and maintain within your nervous system, body, and your thoughts. So when you stressed, realize that it can happen on many different levels. Sometimes it's just, you know, someone said something to you and that was just a psychological trigger. Sometimes you're just feeling sick and irritation is a just a natural state of mind because your body is irritated. There is maybe you have some allergy. It's itching. It's irritation, literally skin irritation, mental irritation. So certain emotional states, they manifest themselves in different ways. Even chronic diseases. Um, chronic diseases is something that we it's developed throughout the time that we, you know, as we go along the life. It's not something that happens in an instant. There were clues all along. It just so happens that you haven't noticed or, or just tack it under the rug. Some of the things that your body is telling you, some of the things that you're eating and so on and so forth. So what you can do really, a few things, tapping be a you know, simple tool, but uh, not too many people do consider breath work as a daily practice. Now, when do we run? Do we use our breath more you know, faster or slower or faster? When we are trying to relax, do we breathe uh, more openly and slowly or it's a fast paced breathing? Well, it's a more relaxed breathing too. So you can change the chemical balance within your body in minutes, just like this, using your breath. If you want to relax, relax, take a deep, slow breath. Tune into your chest, that's where your lungs are. Tune into your belly, that's how it expands. It's a massage for the whole body. Give yourself a, a, a massage. Breath work is a massage. You know, take a couple of deep breaths, slow, fast, just whatever feels comfortable. Just change something. If you cannot do a physical exercises, for example, sometimes it's impossible maybe in a given scenario, the workplace. But you can always take few few breaths. It's always available with you. Just like with tapping, it's always right here in front. Yeah. So I hope that's give you some ammunition. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you for this. And thank you for showing us how to use tapping. And yes, again, breath, such an um, easy and handy technique <laughs> since we breathe all the time. Thank you for mentioning this. I wanted to ask you, Eugene, what inspires you? What drives you in your work? Perfect. Thank you, Roxana. So the inspiration is something that I try to cultivate. Um, you know, if I engage myself in, in a new project, there are certain inspiring things there that, that I would be trying to focus on to expand it and, and uh, make it more pleasurable for everyone involved. Since... We're talking about communications where you have to communicate with a lot of people. Um, so I carry a tremendous amount of responsibility how people feel around me. And uh, you know, cultivating motivation, inspiration, curiosity, um, insights, perspectives is something that helps everyone get into the collaboration, into a time well spent together productively. So what inspires me is when these things happen, just like this podcast, it happened because of conversation. This joy that we bring in here, that we're experiencing here, and inspiration, motivation, the seed of it happened 
on, on during these conversations. So now we're collaborating on, you know, on being trusting, optimistic, right? P more powerful, accepted, proud, curious. These are the the signatures of hopefully uh, of the emotional dynamic that you're feeling while listening to this conversation. So that's what inspires me, I suppose. Beautiful, uplifting emotions are for sure what fuels us every single minute if we want to, if we choose to go down this path. Because as Eugene says, he has some amazing technique which I invite you to tap into, to go and watch his YouTube channel, to go connect with him on LinkedIn, to send him an email, to get the help that you need in such a simple way that you could not even imagine. I wanted to ask you, is there a certain book that you would recommend to the people listening and watching us? Um. Yeah, so if, if you want to expand your work on your mindset and work on uh, inspan expanding your perspectives, move towards curiosity, I would highly recommend uh, a book called Mind to Matter by Dr. Dawson Church. Um, he's uh, one of the biggest researchers in the tapping field and just a fascinating researcher. And, and um, basically the book will help to really move you from fears to curiosity on an intellectual level if you want to learn how to communicate in a more effective way negotiate in a more effective way i would highly recommend the work of uh, chris was and the book never split the difference and i would highly recommend you come to the practice sessions to practice your communication skills uh, and negotiations, reach out to me. There are sessions almost every day happening. So if you think that becoming a better public speaker, better negotiator, better salesperson, better husband or wife, um, I think this is a, a good way to uh, approach this. Um, so yeah, these two books, I'd say would be a good uh, deep dive into what we discussed today. Wonderful. And um, what would you advise someone that is young, someone at the beginning of their journey? What would you tell them to focus on starting from today? Beautiful. Uh, yes. So I would say focus on fulfillment rather than happiness. Happiness is, it is something that you practice each day. It is not something out there. It's something right here. At the center of your emotions, in the heart, it is something that you work on every day. Uh, it's something, not something you achieve, it's something that you strive for every day. So fulfillment, uh, whatever task you find yourself engaged in, just find something that makes you fulfilled and pursue this, you know, bit by bit. S set up a small, uh, you know, goals for yourself. Something that you can achieve maybe within five, 10, 15 minutes. Break, break your biggest task into the small pieces and just once you finish the task, have the stick, tick, tick. It gives you the sense of purpose, motivation, and fulfillment. Uh, and uh, it will help you achieve this state of flow where you don't get distracted by things out there, but you really zone in into the things that fulfills you and motivates you in the moment. 
And that will lead you to the places that you cannot expect because your thinking, realize this, your thinking at this stage is limited by your old experience, by your behaviors and patterns that are with you right now. Your future self doesn't have it, ideally. So don't limit yourself by what you think is possible for you. Use it as a, as a navigation point, but not as a final destination. I love it. Very clear and um, easy to put in practice, actually. Thank you so much, Eugene. And before we go today, can you please tell us how can our audience get in touch with you? Because I'm pretty sure that everyone listening and watching us wants to know so much more about your work and start working with you as well. Perfect. Thank you, Roxana. Yes, so you can, uh, you can find information, I suppose, under the video below, how to get in touch. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, um, Facebook. Uh, we have our own Facebook called Mindset Shifts. Uh, so uh, link will be at below too. Uh, join us too. And uh, you just outreach to me. I'm a, I'm a social guy. I'm happy to talk to you and, and figure out perhaps what are the possible ways for us to help each other. And uh, if there is a chance for us to collaborate on certain projects that might be mutually beneficial, potentially. Wonderful. Now, everyone, our fearless friends, make sure to get in touch with Eugene. He is going to show you the most powerful ways, yet not as complex as you may be used to, to dealing with overwhelmed stress to help you actually sell to eliminate stress and to, to get you to become the best version of yourself. And I truly love it when you say that if you want to be your best uh, husband for your wife, your best wife, <laughs> your best spouse, it is all connected. And how you do one thing, we humans tend to create these patterns and we do it all. So might as well get Eugene to help you and to teach you how to start tapping and creating the life that you have always wanted. Thank you so much, Eugene. A pleasure and an honor having you today. Thank you, Roxana, and uh, have a better and better day. <laughs> Thank you so much. Say goodbye to our... Bye. <laughs>